Hi, everybody. On our podcast, we talk a lot about hanging out in Hollywood while on our way to being the next big thing. I'm Mark Morcello, a director, actor, choreographer, and writer. I'm William Leon, and acting is my full-time job. And this is Made in Hollywood. Today on our podcast, it's surprise, surprise. William doesn't know what I'm going to talk about, and he has no idea what I'm going to talk about. Yep. Or did I just say the same thing twice? No, I think that was right. It's... <laughs> Surprise, surprise, Friday over here on the Maiden Hollywood podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and happy birthday to Cara Delevingne and Lakeith Stanfield. Um, how, how are you, William? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. You know, I was like super ready for today. I'm here and I feel, I feel pretty, pretty ready and it's been a good day. So, so also I've been like playing the piano today before I left. I, I can play uh, a lot of the song, uh, The Sound of Silence, and I can like sing along to it while I do it, um, which I'm pretty, pretty, pretty stoked about. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember which movie Sound of Silence is in. Is in. Hello, darkness, my, my old friend. friend. Is it? Uh, it's not. I think it is uh, um, The Graduate. I was thinking The Graduate too. It must be The Graduate because that's the movie yeah. that I was thinking of. I think but I feel like there's that other song in The Graduate that Mrs. Ma- Robinson. Yeah, Mrs. Robinson, which makes you think that it's not. Yeah, but that I think song. But I think Darkness, it is. My old friend, uh, it is in there because he's in a real dark place in The Graduate. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman. That is Dustin Hoffman's in a dark. Place. And that's why he finds himself in the clutches of Anne Bancroft. Right, right, yeah. How so you... that's nice that you're you're playing the piano, which I'm I'm glad you're getting back to that because you had been kind of off of it for a while. Dude, I was off it for a while, and I'm back on it. And I gotta say, I'm it's better than ever. <laughs> better than ever. It's better than it's ever it's been great. before. Good. Um, and I've decided that I'm I'm learning Spanish. What? No, 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 no. Yes. You are not learning Spanish. No, I am. You're learning French. Well, maybe after I learn Spanish. No, 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 no. We decided we're going to learn French, and I'm relying no, on you No, because here's to... what I've come up with. Here's what I've come up with. Listen, Sarah Buckingham expects us to w- learn French. Listen, here's what I've come up with. I've been around Spanish my whole life. All right? So you I've... don't need to know no, it. No, 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 no. Obviously, it's worked out. Listen to me. No, but I can't speak it. But I've been around it since I was a child. My dad is fluent in Spanish. He used to speak it sometimes. I've just been around a lot of people speaking Spanish. What I've figured out is that Spanish, I'm already fluent. It's just in the back of my head. All I need to do is bring it to the front. Oh, boy. That's all I have to do. (laughs) So I'm just going to like quickly become fluent. So is delusional part of that fluency that you have it, i'm not delusional i'm telling you i started learning and i'm i'm picking things up faster than i have with any other language i've tried to learn i'm telling you it's back there i just need to bring it to the front it's every word i think is back there boy i all i can all i all i see in my head is danny devito in romancing the stone of you like like <laughs> <laughs> wandering around mexico in some in some volkswagen bug like, try, no, trying man. To, thinking you're speaking to the locals i'm telling you i'm telling you i well give me six months i'll be fluent you'll see well, fine. I'm I'm just going to zoom past you with the French. Uh, uh, All right. Well, you zoom past me. And then once I can speak Spanish uh, and you can speak French, then we'll teach each other. We'll go. We'll do the other. We'll, you know, we'll do I mean, I've lived this long without Spanish. Like, I feel like I'm doing great. Well, yeah, but you could be doing better. 
I mean, is there better than great? Yeah, there's excellent. X, X, X. X, X, X. Triple X. Triple X for excellent. Rating rating system. <laughs> yeah, this is triple X. Excellent. Well, what's your first uh, surprise for me? Um, surprise. Surprise. I'm dancing now. I'm doing hip hop. Oh, hip- you said you were going to do that. Well, I'm doing it. Well, it's good. I'm glad you need, this. you need this in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like I need it. I loved it. I was actually, you know. I think this might be the ticket to not being so tired because I went and I felt like so good and like euphoric after I was done and like very, I just felt energized. It's a great exercise. Great, great, um, great workout. And, uh, I don't know though, man, I'm, I'm dancing every day and I'm tired. <laughs> You're tired. Well, maybe it's not the ticket. <laughs> might be for you though. Maybe, hopefully. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm doing that and, uh, I, I want to do more of it. I mean, I've only gone to one class. Um, another thing I wanted to mention, what what's my favorite food? Do you know? Vegan. No, no, no. What's my favorite food? My favorite dish. We were just talking about it. Where did we go to eat just recently? You and I? Where did we go to eat? Where did we plan on going to eat recently? The last time we hung out, where did we plan on going to eat? BJ's. No, no, no. Shoot. All right, I'm going to tell you. Oh, shoot. Tender Greens. Oh, Remember? yeah. We were heading to Tender Greens. Yeah. Why were we going to Tender Greens? Because they've got vegan food. They've got one vegan option that I said I really love. Yeah. I said it's like I said it's like one of my favorite dishes, huh. right? I went to Tender Greens yesterday or maybe the day before. Um, it's gone. Not, not only is it gone. <laughs> not only is it gone. So this is their one vegan option. It's called, it's called Happy Vegan. Um, I go in there. And I'm like, can I get the happy vegan? And then she's like, okay. And then she starts to like type and she says, by the way, it's actually called the happier vegan now. Whoa. Um, and I was like, oh. Mess- when they mess with something that's good, it's really annoying. And I was like, oh, um, it's called the happier vegan. And I was like, okay. And then she's like, and it's like different, like where they've taken stuff out and they've like changed it. And there's like all these different things. Um, and I was like, oh, oh man. Well, I guess, I guess it'll be fine. I'll try it. And then she was like, but I have to tell you. Um, the falafel, we actually, um, cook it in the same oil that we cook the chicken in. So it's not technically actually vegan. Uh Oh, so they got, they've got like, oh boy, ready folks. No, no, it's just like, that's like a lawsuit. Like they're, it's called, it's called happier vegan. Vegan is in the title, but it's actually not vegan. I don't think it's a lawsuit though. I think it is. I no, I think it is. I think it is. It's not vegan, but a vegan is in the title. What are they going to tell everybody? It's not actually vegan every time they order it. It says vegan. I I don't know, but it's, it's very just, distressing. I th- it's very distressing because not only have they taken away my favorite thing, but they've replaced it with something that is not even vegan. Wow. And it wasn't just my favorite thing at Tender Greens. It was maybe my favorite. I, I still don't know what what it was. It was like the best salad you ever tried in your life. So salad. No, but that, salad doesn't that, do it justice. But I said that when salad I said vegan. Salad doesn't do it justice. I said that. Already. What do you mean? You I said, said vegan. Yeah, Basically it, salad. Yeah, no, no, no. It's not just salad. It's like <laughs> there's like hummus and like all this like stuff that I'm telling you, they do it really well. And there's like dressing and it's really good. Well, something that I thought was a little uh, off-putting mm-hmm. myself was that, uh, guess what What they're making a musical out of for Broadway? What? Just 
have a big old guess which movie they are turning into a musical of all things. It's a movie. Um, let me think. Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, wait, so much worse. Wait, let me guess. So much worse. Let me guess. Let me guess. National Treasures. Still no. Wait, 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 wait. Indiana Jones. Wow, you just read my mind because I was humming the tune, but that's not right. Wait, is it? Okay, go ahead. But wait, is it? Is it uh, uh, Jurassic Park? Nope. Wait. Uh, is it King's Row? Nope. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Back to the Future. Oh, I would have said that eventually. The me- <laughs> <laughs> but like, like that's Back to the Future, the musical. Oh. What are they doing? I don't know. Broadway's doing this? Yes. I love Back to the Future. I do too. Uh, When it's Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd on my screen. Right, 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 right. Anyhow, I just was like, oh my God, they will turn any popular movie into a musical these days. Usually they're pretty good. Well, I will give you that Legally Blonde, the musical's good. Mean Girls is good. I'm not a fan of the Tootsie thing. Nobody can be Dustin Hoffman and Dorothy Michaels. Like, no one can do it like him. It's basically just a man in drag then up on that stage. So I'm not into it. But, uh, you know, there have been a couple that have been really good, you know? Uh-huh. Well, but you haven't seen it. No. I saw a blurb for it, like on the, on the Instagram. So you don't know? No one knows. No one knows. I saw um, Beetlejuice, the musical. Oh, I heard that was good. It's really good. Yeah. I've been told by several people that Beetlejuice the musical is good, but honestly, Beetlejuice the movie movie is not my favorite. Well, musical is better than the movie. That's good. Um, But yeah, I don't really like the movie. So, I mean, it was never my favorite. Like, I felt like everybody liked it more than I did. I don't know why everybody likes it as well as they do. I kind of think Michael Keaton's a little repulsive in it. I mean, he's supposed to be. But yeah, like, he's supposed to be. But I think as a character like that I would love to hate, I don't really love to hate him. I just kind of dislike I don't even, him. I don't even hate him. Yeah. I just dislike him. I don't him. hate him. I just dislike him. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, I like Winona, basically. Yeah. You How know? could you not? Yeah. I She's mean, good. I love her in Heathers. Right. I think that's my favorite Winona writer. What about Stranger Things? I don't think she's great in Stranger Things, actually. You don't I'm think glad she's, that she's great? In I'm glad that she's in it. She's okay in Stranger Things. Yeah. Have you even seen Stranger Things? I saw the first season. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I don't think she's... I don't think her performance is great. I'm glad that she's in it because I think her name, you know, basically got it, you know... It it was what everybody was talking about, though. Oh, Winona Ryder's in this 80s TV series, basically. Yeah. And I really... I I like that she's in it. I like that she's around. I I don't... I'm not hating on Winona Ryder. I'm just... I just... I don't think that she's great in it. Mm-hmm. I don't think her character is that interesting either, but like, yeah, um, you know, Stranger Things is Stranger Things because they've got great production design. I feel like that's true. Like, seriously, that looks like 1983 to me. It's yeah. amazing. They've got really good production design. It's great. I mean, mm. it looks like those years. That's my favorite part of it. Yeah. I want to talk about a movie I saw uh, yesterday uh, called As Above, So Below. As, as above, in, so below. As above, so below. 
as it was above, so it is below. It's scary. Pretty freaky. Yeah. Um, you haven't seen it? Nope. It's it's pretty good. Why would I have seen this? Who's in it? Um, I I, I don't think any of the cast is really that recognizable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like a found footage movie, so I feel like for movies like that, they usually try to find actors that are not super recognizable. Totally. Um, because uh, they want you to be like really like convinced of it. The only found footage movie I've ever seen is Blair Witch project you never saw paranormal activity oh yeah but that's fake found footage right what does that mean fake found footage like it's not really found footage well i mean guess none Blair, of, which none is of it's fake really too found so wait footage. so wait but <laughs> like confused. i mean even Blair Witch is not really yeah found that's footage. true too but so is this fake found footage it's not really found footage. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, they didn't really find the footage. So it's fake. Yeah. What movie so it's not has really found footage? Yeah, but that's the that's the genre. I mean, <laughs> that's the genre. That's I what always it's called. think that there must be one of them it? out there that actually has real found footage. Yeah, I mean, there's some real found footage out there. I don't know if it's gonna encapsulate a one and a half hour movie. I mean, <laughs> well, look, with yeah. a full arc. I. I didn't make the rules, okay? <laughs> yeah. But fact of the matter is, it should be real. If it's found, it should be found. Well, it hasn't really been found. Aha. So it was fake. Found. It was manufactured. Everything's fake. Yeah. Well, usually most people know about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, 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 I think as far I'm not a big fan of of the genre, the found footage genre, but. I think you would like this movie. It's treasure hunting. Um and it's it's it is a horror film. Yeah. But it's like I don't know, there's a treasure hunting aspect to it and I didn't realize I think if it didn't have the horror and it was just the treasure hunt, I would have liked it more cuz I I'm like horror freaks me out and it's a little much. Um but there's like so much treasure hunting in it that I was like it's okay. It's you know about this archaeologist uh, looking for the Sorcerer's Stone hidden by Nicholas Flamel in the catacombs of Paris. And it's very cool. Huh. Um, it sounds great. The catacombs are neat. The catacombs are neat. Um, and I actually really want you to see it because I'd like to, I'd like to talk to you about it in more in depth. Well, maybe I'll watch it this week and we could talk about it next week. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how, like, how you feel about it. Because I know you're into the treasure hunting genre. I love it. And that's definitely a big part of this movie, but it's not the whole cake. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. no cake. No cake. I mean, there's cake. It's just not the whole cake. I think you're going to like it. Now that I'm thinking about it, there's going to be parts that are going to happen, and I can just imagine you you getting giddy in your seat. God, I love cake. Yeah. Um, so, one thing I wanted to talk to you about today yeah, was... Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so... Something that that a lot of of actors talk about is their audition technique. Yeah. Like how they prepare for an audition. Right. Um, And everybody supposedly has their way, whether it's working or not. Right. Um, Whether it's working or not. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) So uh, I wanted you to share uh, what your audition technique is. Um, So you mean the preparation. Yep. Um, to the audition. Um, yeah, I feel, okay, so it depends on the audition, for one thing. If it's an audition with, like, a ton of sides, and they, um, 
and they want me to do it in 24 hours first before i do anything else well i'll read it once over and then i've got like a breakdown sheet of like just like a bunch of questions like relationships um backstory yeah all this stuff that i i what i don't have a checklist i've always wondered about these checklists okay so let me let me let me tell you about my checklist um so Uh, basically it's like backstory stuff but i don't treat it like oh i need to like okay relationship like that's my mom like um my like my mom like i don't like just like okay my mom is this and like this i feel about my mom or like this is i what i usually do is i treat it more like a diary entry almost where i like it's more like a backstory where like i want to like i'm going to talk about the relationship with the mom but it's going to be almost like a diary entry and it's going to probably lead me into talking about other things. And then I come up with things like, oh, if that's true, then that also is true. I also find all the facts. I write down all the facts, everything that's a certainty I write down because usually when I, when I have all the facts in front of me, I come up with like things like, oh, if this, if that's true, then also this must be true and that must be true. And that would make me feel like a certain way about that. Um, so you write down the facts, but then are you also writing down this diary entry, quote unquote? Yeah. Well, usually I'll write down the facts first, actually. And then I'll do the diary entry because the, the facts will help inform the diary entry. Okay. And then thing. the diary entry encompasses what this scene or these scenes are? It really, no, it usually encompasses like who the character is. Oh, okay. Um, usually if I don't have much time, I'll just do... Um, I'll just do like talk mostly about the relationships of the people in the scene and how I feel about things in the scene. If I have more time, I'll usually always, even if the mom and dad are never mentioned, I'll usually talk about like some, like if, like if the character has parents, I'll talk about like how, like how the, like the situation was growing up. If it's like a, if it's like a foster kid that was like maybe like in the, in like an orphanage the whole time, I'll talk about how he grew up, you know, who were his parent, um, his the figures that like made a big impact on his life when he was like growing up, even if they're not talked about in the scene, I'll usually write about those big players in his life. Um, and then once I've done all that work, then I look at the scene. That's like, so I look at the scene after that. Mm -hmm. And when I'm looking at the scene, um, first I'm like, I go over it. Looking at the scene, meaning you start memorizing. No, 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 I don't start memorizing. I, you have to use that scene in order to get all that stuff done. Yeah, I use the scene to get yeah, but I don't really like yeah, I do use that scene to get all that stuff done, but usually I'll like read it over like two or three times mm-hmm. and then I just kind of like put it away and then and then write based on what I've cool. Um so then I'll like actually start like reading over the scene though. Um and I go I like look at a line and see if I like get an instinct of how to say it based on the work I've done. And if I don't automatically get an instinct, I'll like figure out what my intention is with the line. Um, and usually when I, when I lock a line in with an intention, I don't have to, rem- I don't have to memorize the line itself. All I have to remember is the intention and then the line will come to me. Hmm. So then it makes memorizing easier because I'm just thinking of intentions rather than the lines. Right. Um, and, and then I, um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I do that with like, I do that with pretty much like I go through all the lines. If, you know, if it doesn't like stick out to me, like how, like what my character's trying to do with that line or how it should be said because of how my, what my character's trying to do, then I'll write down an intention. Um, and I'll usually write down what my objective is in the scene. Um, I'll usually try to have like an objective, um, generally that's like very reliant on the other person. Like, make the other character smile, make the other character laugh, make them cry, um, make them feel some type of way. Cause then that really mm-hmm. grounds me in the scene. 
Um, and that's what I do. Um, wow, that's a great process, actually. Yeah, it's what I've come up with after all these years. It's a, it's a, it's a long process. It's it pretty is arduous. It is, and like I said, that's when I have a big, like a big audition. Usually, I'll, I'll only do all of that if it's like a lead in a feature film, a series regular, stuff like that. I usually won't, won't, because it's so much work that I, I don't like to do it if it's like, oh, it's a co-star role. Like, it's like a one or two line co-star. I'm going to probably look at that like an hour before I go in. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to do it. Because usually, I, I actually agree with that because I think those small co-stars or what have you, um, or like, you know, it's a two-page scene, something like that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you're gonna maybe do yourself a disservice by, by over overdoing it mm-hmm. because i mean the character's there to move the story along yes that's what they're there for that's what they're there for so you're not don't... there to make the jokes you're not there to be funny you're not there to be the one who everybody's feeling for you you're supporting the main character exactly who is the one who's relatable to the audience yeah exactly um so for stuff like that it's really just like i just look at it um right before um but yeah that's that's my process what about you my process is so much simpler than that um but i actually really like your process and i'm kind of like i'm I'm interested in this whole like what you're doing like it's interesting um to me like i've i've always been really instinctual i don't i've never needed a lot of um investigation work with Mm -hmm. with uh scenes generally and i often feel like when i do a lot of extra work on something or overthink it it makes it worse mm-hmm. like it, it's not then what i would have intended originally or how yeah. i read it originally yeah um however that said it's interesting that like you can be doing the scene and then you're doing it like for the 10th time or what have you and you're like oh my gosh i totally missed that yeah you know so there's so many things that you can miss and there's so many um nuances and especially, I think, which I, I, I have always, uh, which I'm really um, very particular about is where is the arc of my scene? Mm-hmm. Not of the scene, but of my scene. Where's the arc of my character? Mm-hmm. And so I definitely, I have to pin that down. Um, and I, I will go through with intentions. Um, and I will, you know, I guess I basically, I start with just reading the scene over a few times. I kind of get the feel of what the tone is mm-hmm. and uh, I might make a note of it. I might might make a note of like, oh, this is funny because this and this mm-hmm. and like, or this will be funny if I do this and this, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I figure out what my objectives are with the comedic lines always mm-hmm. and if it's a comedy. Um, or even if it's not, if it is, if it has something funny in it, mm. um, I think it's always smarter to make them laugh than anything else. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I will basically, I'll read it over a couple of times. I'll, uh, I'll start memorizing as I go, but basically what I like to do is I like to rehearse it. And as I start, uh, working through it, um, I don't really have to memorize as much as just feel out the rhythm of the scene mm-hmm. and um and i don't generally get coaching so sometimes i'll put myself on tape just to watch it mm-hmm. and then i'll start as if i'm the casting director i start picking it apart right and i start feeling figuring out what i'm doing and what i'm not doing right and what's not playing and then i'll go back to the scene again and start all over again uh-huh 
and just even if I felt like it went well, I'll just go back to it and I'll start all over again and start like some minor investigative work. Oh, um, so are you saying that you film it and then you're, are you, did you say that you film it and then you'll look at it and, and then you'll go back and then you'll like figure it out and then do it again? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But often that filming is just a rough draft. Like I'll just pop, prop my phone up or something. Right. So you can like see what, what, what's happening. Yep. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I, and and so like, and I won't be doing that with a reader. I'll be doing that with like my voice that I've recorded as the other lines. So I'll just work with it for a while just so I can start getting a rhythm. And, um, and then I have to get rid of that. It's a whole thing. Yeah. And then, um, but then I feel like once I get with the reader, I feel like it's a whole new learning experience. Well, I feel like my performances, so I do a lot. So I got you, like I said, I do like a lot of work and then I come up with all these intentions, but I always, when I go into that actual audition, I always pretty much forget about it all and let it all go. You do have and then, to. Yeah. To throw it out. I throw bit. the, I pretty much throw it all out. And then, and then even though I've set these intentions and like, I was pretty sure that a line was going to come out one way when I do it with a reader depending on how what they give me totally different like the line will come out in a way that I didn't even imagine that yeah. it could come out that way yeah but then there it is because somehow the reader even though they don't maybe intend it they find things for you that you're you never even imagined that yeah you never thought of before exactly I love that it's- I do I love that too that's actually one of the reasons that I don't like the like self tape deal like i mean i i i have have like a little bit of privilege because i get to go to tracy i go to tracy and i do coaching with her so i film my auditions there with her and she like she's able to help with that and like give me something to react react to um but like i mean i don't know i wouldn't it's hard to like do stuff like i know you do stuff like over the computer it's awful i feel like that would be so difficult it is hard it's really hard like in this world of self-tapes now i um you really don't get the benefit of having anyone in the room with you even when it's a friend of yours on the zoom or uh or you dial up someone from we audition which is a lifesaver honestly that that website is yeah you were telling me about that i mean it's great uh, because i live alone and so you know i you know if my one or two friends can't read with me at that moment mm-hmm. and when i actually have time to be you know setting this whole recording studio up and you know taping Mm. myself um you know we audition really helps me out but that said when i'm whenever i'm on we audition you've basically got 15 minutes and you can extend and everything but i always feel like i'm like spending their time this person's time and i always feel a little bit of a rush really and i hate that why i mean they're there i mean they're getting paid aren't they I mean, not all of them are. You, uh, some of them do it for free and then for tips, basically. So some of them get paid, and I actually prefer the ones that are getting paid because then I don't feel as much like, oh, I've got to hurry this along so that they don't feel like my lousy five dollar tip isn't worth it or whatever, you know? Right. Um. Uh. And if I'm if I go longer though, I always tip more obviously right. but in general now like I, I i have a couple of them on there if they're on there at the time like that i really like to work with 
I have been with a couple readers though that I didn't like. Yeah. And I was, and I felt judged and I felt rushed and like, you know, there's acting's a whole thing and you really want to be in a safe space when you do it. Yeah. Especially if you're doing a self tape, I feel like, because now that we're not going in the room almost at all anymore, I feel like if we're going to have to take on this, this whole self tape thing for ourselves we should at least be creating the best environment for ourselves. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's interesting because like, yeah, I agree for like self tapes. It's definitely like best to be like, you should be as comfortable as possible, but it's weird because like I prefer in the room and like that is not comfortable. It's like, as that's like out of, yeah. Cause it's usually, yeah, it's really not comfortable. But don't you agree though that in the room, there is an energy there's an energy that sparks within you yeah there's an energy i don't know if it's like the nerves maybe it's the nerves but it's not bad nerves yeah no it's not bad nerves there's an it's e- like there's an excitement in that it's like exciting yeah and it it like it gives fuel to the audition yeah um as long as i feel like i've walked in there prepared yeah if i'm unprepared oh god <laughs> <laughs> going in the room unprepared is actually nerve-wracking it is and it's the not... worst experience you're like you're gonna die yeah <laughs> do you remember like um near like when we were starting to like when self-tapes were start, sort of starting to happen but there were still like quite a few in the room auditions they started to like want people to set down their sides in the room oh yeah you remember that i remember um, i hate this i yeah i that i remember that's made me like pretty nervous like now i feel like i'd be pretty good at it because i've gotten so used to memorizing really fast yeah and stuff but um i remember early on with that like they asked me to set down my sides and i did and i like it was just a line i missed and i remember getting so nervous yep and and then you get like when you when you start being aware of like oh i just missed that line yeah then your your mind is now back in that line yeah back in the and you're thinking Oh, now what are they thinking? And they know I, I missed it. You, you're, you're, you're doing all these these hula hoops, you know, yeah. whoop-de-woos in your head. And like, yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. But um, it's definitely interesting to hear your uh, your process on all this. Yeah, stuff. I don't know that it works. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is a, pro- a process. But I'm, I'm, I've been hearing about these checklists you know that that have that people are using and i'm like what is this checklist thing <laughs> well yeah i mean i've got like pdfs of like of like well cuz like yeah i've got like stuff that's like based on um Uta Hagen. Mm-hmm. i've got stuff that's based on stanislavski and Stella I Adler, i think has one as well yeah so i actually have a few one is like very in depth where it's like what is the class situation that your character grew up in and then like what what like what is their job now and like how do they feel about it and like what is their is their friend situation like is there are their friends like what friends are like like how do they feel about certain friends and like and uh, what like political um cause are they like sure. are they like for or against and like it was there any political movements that they joined recently that they like that maybe is like on their mind it's like very in depth um which is interesting to do um, it's, it's one that I feel like it's very hard to like, I think I feel like it makes sense to do it. If I book a role, if I was to book a role and it's like a big role, I'd probably do the whole thing for an audition. I think it's, it's overkill. It's, I think it's overkill too, but I also feel that memorizing is overkill for an audition. Yeah. I mean, I sort of, sort of kind of agree with you. Um, yeah, I, I, 
yeah i think it sh- it shouldn't be for because the auditions like like these self-tape auditions they're really pre-reads they're like so like i don't know did you really have to memorize 11 pages for a pre-read which is like far too common yeah it's <laughs> very common and uh you're not getting paid for that you're not getting paid for all that time that you're putting into that uh and yeah and i was looking at um yeah because like they used to like you would sign in and if you were in the waiting room to like for yeah, too long the whole sign in you would you would get paid but there's no way to like tell how much time you're putting into these things no and even SAG, though we're putting way more time than we used to sag is even asking us like are you are you clocking like how long you're in these virtual auditions and i'm like no one's gonna do that like yeah. they're just not gonna do that do you have you had a lot of virtual auditions i think only three or four yeah sam it's always self tapes. Yeah, it's I, always self tapes. I know one person that that does them quite a bit, which is strange to the me. The virtual auditions. Yeah, hmm. I don't know what they could be doing that they're doing like a lot of virtual auditions. Maybe a lot of commercials. Maybe also I've heard commercials are in the room room a lot. Uh, more so. Yeah. More so. I went on. I've been on. I've been in the room for a commercial twice, three times. Yeah. Since COVID, right. um, but I've been. That's where I've done the virtual auditions. Is in the commercial. Is in the commercial realm. I haven't done any virtual commercial auditions. I've done like I did one for like a film. Um, I mean, I've had to do like virtual like I had to do a virtual chemistry. A chemistry read. read. You told me about this chemistry read. I that, did, how are they even? It's crazy. Um, I thought it. Yeah, I was really nervous about that because I was just like, I I don't know how I'm gonna feel chemistry with people over the computer, but um, I mean, I booked the role. So that was good. That's but, good. Um, but, you know, I was actually surprised. I did feel, I felt differently with each actress that I, that I performed with. So there was definitely some, uh, there was chemistry there, even though it, I don't think it was as strong as it would have been in person. I don't think I would have felt as much as I would in person, but there's something, there's something that I think they were able to pick up on and, and help them, help them cast the film. So, yeah. It feels weird, but yeah, they're doing it. Um, but uh, I have one other thing I wanted to talk about. Really, I just want to know if you've seen it, um, because I'd love to discuss it if you've seen it. Um, it's eleven twenty two sixty three, the show on Hulu. Yeah, so I watched that, or mo- well, I watched three quarters of it. Um, when you told me like years ago to watch it. Yeah. So I never watch- finished it because I kind of like got disinterested. You got disinterested? I did. How did you do that? <laughs> I don't understand. It's so good. <laughs> I I do not dispute that it was good. I just wasn't like So you don't know how it ends? I don't. I mean You're not curious? Does Kennedy get shot? Yeah, that's an important that's you don't you, like don't you care? <laughs> <laughs> I just started rewatching it. Um, oh no! Last night. How do you do it? Because it's so good. It's only I mean, eight episodes. It's a lot. How did you fall off? I did. I fell off. I think I watched six. You were so close to the end. <laughs> I know it's very disappointing for you. Um, but yeah. how do you think it ends? Uh, everybody dies. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Like everybody, everybody. Everybody. That's an interesting theory. Yeah, well, it is the era of the uh, the A bomb, right? <laughs> That's an interesting theory, Mark. 
<laughs> I'll come back to you on it after I rewatch it. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> that's, uh, that sounds good. Um, yeah, but that's that's all my surprises. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are my surprises too. Um, I'm glad we talked about all that stuff. So we are gonna do a new segment today. Yep, we're gonna. <laughs> we always have a new segment. I swear to God, they we always have a new segment. We need to bring back more old segments. Yeah, they're gonna be fun. That's um, gonna be fun. Um, but yeah, <laughs> today we're doing a new one uh, called Brainstorm. Why you don't that? Camera speed. Sound production. Take one. We have an idea that we want to film, and it's called, uh, it's a horror movie called Cover Girls. Yeah. And so basically, we're at the very, very beginning stages of figuring out what the heck the storyline is. Yeah. And so right now, we're going to brainstorm it. Yeah. So the initial concept is that uh, five teenage girls uh, lie to their parents and escape for the weekend to uh, one of the girls' family cabins that mm-hmm. nobody ever uses anymore because uh, bad things happened, apparently. Or At the cabin? Like yeah, I guess. But what I was thinking, so that's the whole premise. And then, like, uh, they start, one of them dies in mm-hmm. the first, I think, believe the first night. Yeah. But they think they don't i don't know if they think that she's murdered or they do but then each one of them well then each one of them starts dying right right yeah each one starts dying so i feel like i for the first girl that dies it what what what's going through the other girl's heads like i don't is it that like there does it seem like it was a murder was it like a blunt like a, a trauma yeah, I don't know. Um, so, like, so I think that what the end game there is that she had a brain aneurysm. That's the end game. Yeah, so the end game is that it 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 was it wasn't a murder. Right. It was a brain aneurysm. But but the other the girls do believe that something was. I think maybe they need to think that she is murdered, and yeah. then but then are somehow cut off and uh, cannot get back to civilization now the thing is is that the girl that has the brain aneurysm Uh the first death she is uh the one who was i think we had talked about this before she's the one who was planning to kill them all right so she was actually planning to murder them yes but then she has a brain aneurysm right so uh and i think it's her cabin I think it has to be. Yeah. Because we're going to bring in the other element, which is the blanket. Remember? Right. Right. And I think it's been her blanket that, and it's been screwing with her head. Oh, the blanket is why she's like on a murder rampage. So yeah. So guys, so this is the thing. So there's, yeah. So there's like this, this haunted blanket. Okay. So years ago on eBay, there was somebody was selling this haunted blanket no joke it was it went for thousands and thousands tens of thousands of dollars uh because in the listing for this auction they the the story was so captivating that this blanket had come from this i don't even remember it all but anymore but this blanket had come from this uh this haunt this like old 
house where everybody had died and blah 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 but it the the, the story was so captivating that like it made you want this blanket right it made you want to have this haunted blanket right um and so i thought what an interesting element like kind of like and it, then i got these like little visual cues from like paranormal activity where that blanket like gets pulled down off of them when they're sleeping or whatever yeah. and like how creepy that looks and like so i like this haunted blanket idea right right um and i think it's been her blanket but it's been there in the cabin mm-hmm. the whole time right so the blanket is what caused her to want to murder them yeah and, and i think because the reason why they don't use the cabin anymore her family and stuff is because when she would be there with the family, she would have such fits as a child uh-huh. that it became a really negative space for them. So no one knows about this blanket. The audience shouldn't know about the blanket ever. The only hint is that it's called Cover Girls. Yes. Cover Girls. Right. 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 So the thing is, is that this blanket has like kind of a life of its own of sorts. Mm-hmm. And it really screws with your head. Right. Um, so as the first girl, the main, you know, the cabin owner girl dies. So, but she was planning. So what they, what ends up happening, I think is that they find schematics and stuff, a plan to murder all to of murder them. all of them. And they, oh, right. So they find the schematics, the plan to murder all of them. And they think one of the girls there is planning to kill them. Yes. And they think that they already killed that one girl. Yes, exactly. Oh, genius. Yeah. So that's what I think is, <laughs> is fun. Because then at the end. Because then they're, now they're turning against each other. Yes. Now right. they're, now they're all assuming some, there's a murder amongst, amongst us. You know, yeah. that whole thing. Right. Right. Which is So then it fun. becomes sort of a murder mystery. Yeah. Um, which we, which I love. Which we love. But the fun part is at the end is that no one wanted to murder anybody. It was just the blanket. Yes. But um, then the blanket, of course, has to play a part in this. Right. And then, you know, after, as the second night evolves and we have one death already, they think it's a murder because there's all these plans that someone was going to murder somebody right. and they don't really realize it was her. Right. Um, so then the blanket then... We we just see the blanket kind of move on to someone else. Like when they're sleeping the next like night. Like when they're sleeping. But it looks like, to us as the audience, it looks like someone's putting the blanket on someone who's sleeping to keep them warm, right? Yeah. So yeah. we don't think It's almost like it. a transitional element. Yes. Like where it's just like, it's the next night, the blanket goes over somebody we don't we don't recognize the blanket as being a bad thing. It's just a blanket to right. us. Right. But yeah, we see it go over. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're going to sleep. Someone put the blanket there to keep them warm. Yeah. To keep that girl warm, whoever the blanket goes exactly. over. Exactly. But what that blanket really does is it screws with your head. And so now that girl is going to get all freaky deaky. Freaky deaky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's a wrap. That's it for today. I think that was a good brainstorming yeah. sesh. I think this it's going to be fun movie. There's a, a lot movie. of elements to like work out. But like I think that there's that's going to be an interesting like kind of kooky little horror movie yeah i like it you know basically a bunch of crazy girls running around the forest trying to kill each other yeah (laughs) it sounds really fun it sounds fun to shoot it sounds like a fun movie to watch i'm excited yeah i'm excited about it oh cool well um i before we wrap up though i have a gift what Mm -hmm. oh (laughs) if it's a gift do up 
Please let me know if it's a gift. You better just say so. I'm so surprised. Hang I mean, on. I can't even believe it. Like, for little old me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, here we go. Ooh, I love this beautiful brown uh, old paper bag. And, <laughs> well, I think they're there's two things in here. There's yep. looks like two games. Yep. Which we we do really like games. Hickory Dickory Dock game. Yep. The fast and funny game of cat and mouse. Yep. From a, House of Marvel. A friend of mine got uh, this game for me, so I went out and I got another one because I was like, because I thought it was pretty fun and I thought you might like it. Yeah, it sounds fun. A wonderfully whimsical version of a classic game taking inspiration from one of the most popular and enduring nursery rhymes. And then and then. Actually, this looks delightful. Yeah. <laughs> this is the desktop basketball game. It's basically a little platform with a little basketball hoop and balls, and then you just, like, pop them, boom, and, like, like there's a little uh, uh, catapult. Catapult, yeah. Yeah, a little catapult. Yeah. That's fun. Slam yeah. dunk at home or in the office. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I always like new games. Yeah, I figured like, I don't know, games is like, I feel like games is sort of a cop out just because it's like, it's always a good move. Well, I'm always worried about getting you games because I always feel like you have everything. I do have a lot of things, but I, that's why I got you two because I was like, I feel like a game is a cop out, so I'm doing two of them. Well, thank you so much. I, I think that's it for this episode. I think that, that's it. Yeah. <sighs> yep. It's over. Yeah. That's it. It was a good. It was fun. It was a, it was fun to record. It was a good one. Yeah, it's um, it was a good one. Yeah. That was, <sighs> no, because we did. We talked about some interesting, interesting stuff. Yeah, that's cool. But all right, I just I gotta ask it. What? 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 Look. What's it's up? It's been weighing on my mind. Okay. William. Yeah. We've been needing to talk about this for a long time. Okay. You make me nervous. What's what's going on? Well, buddy. Who on earth pays for porn? For porn? Uh I I don't. <laughs> but I don't. Oh. Well <laughs> that settles that. Hey, Mark, if people want to find us and follow us uh, on the social medias, you know, where could they do that? Well, I think they could just go to Instagram, William, and find us at Made in Hollywood Podcast. Oh, all right.